our opening words by Jason Cook, the great teachers in life. We are seekers on a quest, a quest to discover truth and meaning. Sometimes we think we've found it, wrapped up, glimmering with newness, straight off the intellectual assembly line. All the answers are right here for us. In others, if they'd only listen. But truth has a way of coming in disguise, sometimes wearing rags and sometimes finery, but so often cloaked from our immediate sight. And sometimes that which we have rejected, that which we have let go or decided was only for others, but not us, can be our teacher. Let our time together be an acknowledgement of the never-ending journey toward truth and meaning and appreciation of those we learn from along the way. Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I'm Elise Gould. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I'm so glad you are here with us this morning. Visitors and guests, we hope you got a blue name tag so that we can welcome you and answer any questions you may have. We love talking about why this community is so important to us, and we'd like to hear from you what you're looking for. We hope you'll join us after platform for coffee and cookies at the lobby in the social hall behind us. Also, please consider sharing your email with us on the gold sheet found in your program. You can drop that sheet in the collection basket as it passes later in the platform service. I want to remind you to please silence your electronic devices so you could be fully present with us this morning. Now I'd like to invite one of our youth 
Erica, there, you moved, you moved where you were sitting. Fantastic. Uh, to read our statement of purpose so that we might hear our shared values in each other's voices. Today, we are highlighting our SEEK program, so it seems only fitting that one of our youth would be sharing with us. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross, crosses all borders. As Erica lights our community candle, I invite you to join me in the candle lighting words projected on the screen. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Thank you, Erica. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I'm particularly mindful of gun violence in America, both at home here in DC, where the homicide rate has been really high, and also in mass shootings nationally, most recently in Florida. As we listen to this chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. I now invite you into a time of meditation. I'm going to read some insightful words from James Baldwin and then give you a few moments to consider them in the minute or so that follows. Let's begin by saying that we are living through a very dangerous time. Everyone in this room is in one way or another aware of that. We are in a revolutionary situation 
no matter how unpopular that word has become in this country. Now, the crucial paradox which confronts us now, the crucial paradox which confronts us here is that the whole process of education occurs within a social framework and is designed to perpetuate the aims of society. All this enters the child's consciousness much sooner than we as adults would like to think it does. As adults, we're easily fooled because we are so anxious to be fooled. But children are very different. Children, not yet aware that it is dangerous to look too deeply at anything, look at everything, look at each other, and draw their own conclusions. They don't have the vocabulary to express what they see, and we, their elders, know how to intimidate them very easily and very soon. I began by saying that one of the paradoxes of education was that precisely at the point when you begin to develop a conscience, you must find yourself at war with your society. It is your responsibility to change society if you think of yourself as an educated person. Sorry, I'm just going to repeat that last line because it's so good. And you can think about that for a few more seconds before the music begins. It is your responsibility to change society if you think of yourself as an educated person.
Good morning, West family. Okay, so I grew up in a black church tradition that was steeped in call and response. So we're going to try this again. I'm going to say good morning, and y'all are going to enthusiastically respond, good morning. Let's try it out. Good morning, West family. Good morning. That actually sounded pretty good. Perfect. Let's try it one more time with a twist. I'm going to say, good morning, West family. And I invite you that are able, in 15 seconds or less, it can be done, to greet three of your neighbors with warm affirmations. Are you ready? Good morning, West family. All right. Okay. Perfect. There will be another opportunity for more greetings in just a bit. So some of you may be wondering why we pause to greet each other now. This weekend, I had an amazing opportunity to sit and be a fly on the wall during our Saturday strategy session, which is an opportunity that the West community takes each year as we prepare for the next calendar year. We talked about being a sticky place. I'm sure our board chairs, other members of the board, folks who are there are more than willing to talk with you in depth about what it means to be a sticky place. And I'm sure if you catch one of us, we can unpack that for y'all. It's critically important, as we are talking about learning and community, to embody the values and ethics we want to see in the world. Doesn't it feel good to know someone and see them and greet them with warmth and affirmation? Maybe just Laura Delaney and I think so, but <laughs> you know, most of us think that that's a yes. Wes, the Washington Ethical Society, is a place where people find home. Wes is a place that centers learning, exploring possibilities, being curious, developing trust, and being the hands and feet of the good and justice that we seek in this world. In a world that is often divided and siloed and furloughed or siloed, we can never affirm our love and care for each other enough. This weekend, we were all co-learners and teachers exploring the great possibilities of what we are being called to in this moment at West. It feels really good to be with you this morning as a new team member, and I really do feel like I'm a part of a family. It's great to see Tom. Thank you, Robin. I think I'm going to make it through. And Bailey. 
and of course, all of the other West faces that are becoming friends. This honor and privilege allows me just a brief opportunity to share with you some of my experiences of West so far and a pedagogy of education. My primary focuses have been our programming, especially our Sunday Ethical Education for Kids, also known as SEEK, and connecting with y'all individually over cups of coffee, tea, lattes, or fist bumps in the hallway. Whether it's our seasoned members like Julie Campbell or some of our other newcomers in our Path to Membership class, I do see love in the community. When friends have come to visit Wes, and some of y'all have talked with my pop, Larry, in ear hustling on your conversations, one word vibrates, and that's thriving. This community is thriving. Wes is a vibrant community that centers justice, compassion, understanding, and learning. There is a sincere and genuine curiosity about the world around us and how that shapes us to be who we are. This community, singing, dancing, and being, is full of infinite possibility and using the fertile ground of intimate connectedness to put our learning into action. So here we are on a Sunday morning holding the inquiry of education. But like, Erica, what is education really? Like, really? Why does it matter? How do we do education? How do we share in this responsibility of education? So Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King would often come back to this question, this inquiry of education. By nature and training, Dr. King intended and desired to be an educator. But the movement beckoned him back into action and pastoring. While the young King was completing his dissertation at Crozier Theological Seminary, he was called to be an associate pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. He would awaken early in the morning, very similar to some of our staff waking up at 5 a.m., going to the gym, work on his dissertation, pasture throughout the day, and return back to the books at night. It's said that at night when Coretta was done and tired, put the kids to bed, King would get down on his knees, light a candle, and read Howard Thurman by candlelight at the door. Through these moments, Coretta was compassionate, loving, and an understanding wife who encouraged him to pursue education. For Dr. King, the function of education is to teach one to think intensively and to think critically. Intelligence plus character. That, says Dr. King, is the true goal of education. Intelligence, character, critical thinking, thinking intensively. Perhaps he knew Wes was being born just a couple hundred miles up the street. By a show of hands, how many of y'all think we do a pretty good job at those values here at Wes? I do. I've seen it in community. Well, let's take a step back a little bit and let me introduce you to a family that centered education and their understanding. Sunday morning in the McCray household. Before the sun rising, rises, parents Larry and Dee are awake, preparing for the day. As per usual, the McCrays will get up, get ready, go to church, head to services, then come back home in the afternoon for meal and sports on TV. 
Little Laura has become accustomed to hearing the familiar tunes on the radio, which indicate it's time to wake up, get out of bed, and get ready for the day. As the music begins to fill the space, Laura wipes the sleep from her eyes, plants her little tiny feet on the floor, and stretches wide. But excitedly, there may be an opportunity for the bathroom all by herself. Laura rushes to the door and sees that the bathroom is open, runs back to the bed, grabs her favorite teddy bear, and her brother appears at the bathroom door. The opportunity was missed. An hour or more later, the McCrae children pile into the back of their parents' Buick and go to a place where they consider home, Ames United Methodist Church. Sunday morning meals were cooked by parents or sometimes the kids who wanted to show off their new culinary skills or the master chef at the BK Lounge, also known as Burger King. Already in the day, elements of the educational processes were becoming stepping stones. It was inherent that the entire world around this household was a learning ground. Keys to success, loving relationships, stable homes, restful night's sleep, nutrition, routine, appreciation, learning and doing, and observation. Shortly arriving after short drive to 110 Baltimore Pike in Bel Air, Maryland, the McCrae children would go to their respective Sunday school classes and prepare for Sunday school. Ms. Hester Fisher, Mama McCrae, and Ms. Joyce Kearney ensured that there was a cohesive and comprehensive educational program for all ages. Children and adults learning together in age-appropriate classes, though there was a curriculum, the key elements of learning we're in the sharing of stories, understanding and appreciating different opinions and worldviews, and developing together as community. Clearly, I'm that little child named Laura. Now you all know the first part of what LA stands for. I remember hearing Eyes on the Prize for the first time. Mr. Phil Hunter was one of our Sunday school teachers and also the leader of the Boy Scouts at our church. And he was telling us about his experience at Bloody Sunday. Mr. Hunter at that time was 21, was living in the South, and knew that he had to risk everything because everything was at risk. So in order to leave future generations a better place, he and his friends went and like others were beaten, but the thing that sustained them were songs like Eyes on the Prize. See, that's education. We didn't have to look at a movie. We didn't have to read a book. Mr. Hunter cared enough about us to share his story. As Maya Angelou states, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. The way I felt as a child, whether it be at Ames or in my parents' other communities, I was held in the community by the elders, mentored by adults, and valued for my ideas and curiosities. That quite literally changed my life. I knew, particularly after hearing stories from folks like Mr. Hunter, that I, too, had a responsibility 
a calling, if you will, to cultivate curious minds. I wanted to honor my ancestors and folks on the journey that were down there at Bloody Sunday or in Greenville, Tennessee, in Knoxville, Maryland, wherever my people were. My spirit guides, like James Baldwin, I will claim Jimmy if he can't claim me, and certainly my elders and other friends on the journey. It is a responsibility that I have familially and to this community to carry on this torch of education. My dad and his sisters are educators. My eldest brother is the vice president and dean of students at a progressive liberal arts college. So lifelong learning is who we are. Education then for me is experiential. For me, education is most effective through informal means. Adults talking to kids about what it was like to grow up, sharing their stories of how they understood justice, connecting, conversations, trips, exploring, independent reading, being a part of the grown-up conversations, and imagining possibilities. As a precocious child, I am sure, actually, I know I wore my parents out with questions. Why is orange orange? Why is it this color orange? Why don't the lady balls win more? Why this? Why that? I still can't figure out the lady balls, by the way. There are stories and memories, fond memories, of sharing space with these elders in community and hearing their experiences. There was also power of being the age of Erica or Eli and others in having your voice respected. Yesterday, we had an opportunity to have Jared with us in our strategy session, a very amazing young 17-year-old who's a part of our West community. Russell. Russell, Jared, this is the other Peyton. Perry, trying to play Peyton, Perry. Okay, moving on. There's power and comedic relief as well. I do remember that, Perry. There are endless conversations with folks like Miss Hester, Uncle Roz, Uncle Bill, and others who've passed on to become ancestors. And what I do remember the most is that feeling of being loved and affirmed, just like I see our kids here at West being loved and affirmed. And our actions as the West community, just like the folks from my childhood, shape and mold the socio-political reality that Baldwin was talking about. Our actions both inside West and outside West, shape the social framework that our children are raised in. So I strongly believe education prepares people, particularly our young people, for futures with hope and promise. Malcolm X said, education is the passport to the future, for tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today. Today, we are shaping this passport for our children. Where will those stamps lead? How are we engaging them in critical thinking and holding them to a higher degree of integrity? How are they teaching us? Yesterday and throughout my experiences here at West, the young people are teaching me about fun. I think maybe there might be an ice skating trip coming up. There's definitely gonna be some laser tags, some go-karts, and really, it's about centering self-care, connecting with laughter, 
actively finding solutions for problems and figuring out at least another 50 different ways that we can high five and handshake. Some of y'all have asked about my own educational pedagogy. I pull from a variety of sources, such as Paulo Freire, Angela Davis, James Baldwin, friends of mine like Dr. Dre Doming. Yes, her name is Dr. Dre. Dr. Mayfield and other practices that break down the ideas of hierarchy of thought and expertise. Though there are certainly learned scholars in our midst, it is imperative that we, our bodies, our stories, our experiences, become those classroom resources. That students, whether they've been through pre-K or pre-med, are equipped with the tools of confidence they need to discover the world on their own. It is thusly absolutely imperative that we as adults continue to model that these young people can discover their own truth. So here I am today, finding myself at the Washington Ethical Society, which may be a somewhat odd place for a kid who grew up in a black United Methodist church in the suburbs. But to me, it's becoming home, a place where I belong, where my story fits, where I can sing, and dance in the community. So what are we learning here together at West? Well, we have a variety of programs here on Sunday morning, including SEEK, our whole lives, lifespan, sexuality, education, and our teen group. West believe that as a humanistic community, we strive to create an environment that is safe, friendly, and inspiring, in which children are supported as they grapple with life's big questions. Our goal is to establish a warm setting where we engage our children's minds and bodies to create a better world for all. Some excellent work y'all did writing that statement. And again, we come back to the ideas of intellectual curiosity, character development, and integrity. To be responsible here at West, I see the adults actively engaged with our children, talking to them and our children observing what's spoken and what's unspoken. Our children observing the ways that we treat each other, how we shape our ends, and how we achieve our focus goals. We are all co-conspirators for their formal and informal education as they grapple with life's big questions. Just last week, as I was sitting with some of our children in the seventh and eighth grades, their critical analysis absolutely baffled me. They were struggling with what's going on in our society. What's going on in Venezuela? I didn't know what was going on in Venezuela yet, but they knew. Their analysis was on point and in advance. They talked about issues of race and racism and white privilege. They talked about what's happening in our federal government, their theories on the furlough and how long it would last, and of course, the wall. They felt safe and comfortable and affirmed to be able to freely share their opinions and stories. These young people would often ask very pointed questions, elicit further conversation, and truly, like for real, listen to what each other was saying. This common thread of civility, even in moments of disagreement, was learning for me. But Wes, we are all here because we are called to be here as community. We are called to honor the inherent dignity and the best of the human spirit. We are called here because we actually appreciate each other's uniqueness. We celebrate and grieve together. We grow and stretch together. 
we are stewards of this earth together. We believe that love conquers all and creates bridges where there's plans for walls. These values of our community ground us in a unique and particular way that is magnetic for young people who choose for their families to be in this community. They'd make these choices because we actually embody the principles that we want to teach. And we are committed to lifelong learning as we strive to achieve our goals. Without a doubt, we are all called to be educators in this world as we model through our actions of love, compassion, and kindness. So as we look at our SEEK program a bit, here's what I see so far. Young people that are excited in the community, dancing, singing, running through the halls, sometimes during platforms, laughing and smiling. Young people exploring the sciences, making lava lamps, which is pretty cool, testing chemical reactions in soda, and being generally inquisitive about the world around them. Critically conscious fifth and sixth graders who are discussing real world issues such as poverty, child slavery, and hunger. Our youth being awarded in their schools for their scholastic excellence, their integrity, and their commitment to serving the community. Parents collaborating as teachers and cultivating the ground for intellectual curiosity. Parents leaning into their own discomfort, disappointments, and failures so that they can re-engage with us as a community and the SEEK programs with a renewed spirit and excitement for the possibilities in programming. Babies tenderly being held in the arm of nursery workers. The deepening of relationships, many different forms of greeting each other, Steam coming from the ears of our young people as they are being engaged in critical thinking and really wrestling with the poverty horcrux and how to think about ending poverty here in D.C. Our older teens taking the responsibility seriously of being stewards of our earth and planning a platform in April and June. The teens being engaged in relationship building across borders, boundaries, and country lines by their outreach and service to El Rodeo. And young people with strong desires to get more involved in platforms and community possibilities here at West. But most of all, I do see love in the community. I see adults envisioning more opportunities to connect, have fun, create opportunities to enhance well-being, centering self-care and emotional justice, expanding their understanding of self in community, taking more seriously these ideas of white privilege, interlocking supremacy systems, being anti-racist, anti-oppressive, and multicultural, but not just as a checkmark, truly embodying these principles of who we are called to be as community. So here we are, compelled to be here on a Sunday morning. The fierce urgency of now is that we are training our young people, these young people, to be young people with upstanding moral character, unquestionable integrity, and critical thinking. All over, our young people see the world around them. They see the results of those who have been undereducated, miseducated, and underschooled. We are called to be a part of a quiet revolution that teaches our children 
how to maintain integrity in the face of absolute and unchecked power. We are compelled to be together this morning to be exemplars for our children who are coming of age in a society rift with social ills, disempowerment, destruction, and hatred. But it is our job, Wes, to provide them that solid foundation that will be a launching pad for their success and for the continued love of Wes to be in the community. So this was a really interesting, heady, philosophical talk, right? But what are you supposed to do? What can your family do? What can your deepening circle do? What can Wes do? For those of you who may want a more pragmatic instruction or a roadmap in our quest for a just, equitable education, I have three recommendations, and then later I will invite y'all in small groups to think about other ways that you can carry this message. Number one, just talk with the young people. Find some young people you don't know very well. Ask them about their journey. Ask them about their curiosities, how they see the world around them, and how they see their community and educational opportunities at West. By a show of hands, like, who can do that? Pretty solid. Number two, find some friends at West and collectively increase your pledging so that we can be more intentional and deliberate and better resourced at West so we can provide the resources we need to our young people to cultivate meaningful educational experiences in Sikh and across our community. Number three, after some really thoughtful discernment, step into leadership. Step into leadership into programming, whether it be in Seek, adult ed, or something completely new. This is the month, after all, of possibilities. This is our time to explore this educational journey, envision, and cultivate our curiosities now. Thank you so much for inviting me warmly into the West community and allowing me just a couple minutes to talk to you about the future for our children. Thank you. Thank you for the honor of inviting us to share service with you this morning. We're from just down the street, uh, but we've been here before, it's been, but it's been a few years, and so it's nice to be here at West again. So thank you very much. Thank you. 
Thank you, L.A. Thank you, Jubilee Singers. Now is the opportunity for you to add your voices to the conversation. Consider what resonates with you, what you've heard. Just take a moment to gather your thoughts. I'll bring the mic around, and please start with your first name. 